Friends, I am inviting you to the very first ever Look Down There event. It is Tuesday, December 21st, 2021 at 6 p.m. Pacific time. At that time, I will guide you through an intimate virtual experience of mirror gazing. When we look in the mirror, we immediately jump to judgment. We analyze our eyebrow shapes, we consider getting fake lashes, we pet our tummies, our bums, maybe we even shrug or sigh. Like, okay, that's what it is. We're very good at knowing what is wrong, but very rarely do we stop to appreciate our uniqueness, especially between our legs. Society has filled us with shame surrounding our vulvas, and one way to combat the shame is to speak it and to look at it. I invite you to gaze at your own vulva in the safety of your home as I guide you through a mere gazing meditation. I look to create a supportive space as we do something that is so vulnerable. And I believe that through our collective vulnerability, we can find strength and support each other. Please rest assured that there is absolutely no nudity in this experience. You will not see it and you will not display it. Since this is on Zoom, your camera can be off and you can just have the comforts of your home surrounding you and just the sound of my voice. It's nice, right? So this event is pay what you can. I don't want this to be prohibitive at all. I want as many people to come and join me in this loving, lovely experience. Make sure you go to lookdownthere.com for more information and remember to grab a mirror and look down there. See you on December 21st. And welcome to Look Down There, the show where we talk about all the things we don't talk about. I'm your host, Michelle Amore. Today is our last episode of season two, and I could not think of a better guest to have than my guest today. My guest today is a sex educator and content creator for one of my favorite Instagram accounts, Clitoricious. They are very passionate about spreading the word about the clitoris, as well as making good sexual sexuality education available to all people all around the world. Please welcome my guest today, the mastermind behind Clitoricious, Sydney Harris. Hi, Sydney. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yes, thank you. So I've been following your account ever since I started this podcast about a year ago. And, um, always knew I wanted to have you on as a guest. So thank you so much for joining me today. I feel so honored. That's so sweet. Yeah. yeah I, when you reached out to me, I was so excited because I like, yeah, I, I follow you and I just like, I looked more into like what you do and what you've done and like the, your art and just the things, the amazing stuff you do. So like, I'm such a big fan of you as well. So, oh, thank you. That's so nice. Yeah. Well, what, um, what gave you the idea to start Clitoricious and, and even just the name, like the name is really fun to say too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so I remember, um, I started it in, when I was living in Philadelphia and I was actually on my way, um, back to Boise, Idaho, where I live now. 
And I was, I was kind of like, I had kind of quit grad school because I just wanted to do something different. And I was having some mental health stuff going on. And um, I remember I came up with the idea of creating like a, like a sex ed page because I was studying human sexuality at the time. I had been studying this subject for like a decade. Um, yeah, like forever. And so I just am really interested in the topic and all of this knowledge that I had kind of like cultivated in my brain and like just, um, it, it started making me feel like a little bit, not crazy, but like I was, I felt frustrated that I couldn't like get this information out to more people because I felt like it was really important because I felt like the lack of sex ed I had really impacted my life. And I really felt passionate about kind of preventing that, those like um, negative experiences and negative feelings I had about my body and just the lack of knowledge I had about my body. Like I didn't want other people to go through that. And so I, and I had never seen, I had seen a couple like sex ed pages on Instagram and they were so enlightening to me. And I remember like I saw um, someone had posted an image of like the full structure of a clitoris and I'd never seen an image like that. I didn't even, I had no idea. And I was studying, I had just started grad school, like studying human sexuality. And I had no idea that the clitoris was like, is expansive and like, it's like, a, it's a huge organ. Like, it's like, it's cool. <laughs> and um, so I just kind of became obsessed with it. And um, I, I like, I really liked the long, the song Fergalicious growing up. So I, <laughs> that's literally how it, how it happened was I, I had the song Fergalicious stuck in my head and I was kind of thinking and I'm just a, I'm kind of a musical person. I like making up jingles and songs and like, just, I'm constantly singing. Um, and I, it just like clicked in my brain, like, as I was kind of thinking about this page and everything. And I was like, oh, like clitoricious, like. I also thought of like delicious or like something that ends in shus, like just um, it seems like pleasing to me. Like it's something that I feel like pleasure is kind of involved in like the name of it as well. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just kind of like thought of the name and then I went with it and I didn't look back. <laughs> and I, people, a lot of people told me they didn't know how to pronounce it at first, which is understandable. Um, but then people started picking up on it and yeah, it just became a thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, now I'm hearing Fergie say clitoricious. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You could make a whole remix like a. Oh, yeah. yeah. Totally. Um, Sydney, I have your project, your next project. <laughs> <laughs> I did just start a TikTok account finally. So, well, I already had one, but I just started creating TikTok. So. Maybe okay. that's my next TikTok. Okay. All right. Well, I guess you just have to send it to me personally because I'm not on TikTok. Okay. I, I know we were just talking about social media beforehand. And yeah. So I just can't bring myself <laughs> to TikTok when I'm like, should I? Should I? Ugh. It took me a really long time to get there. Like I was just, I was like, I'm not, I can't deal with another social media app. Like I'm already on too many. And then I gave in and yeah. yeah. Well, my Twitter was just stolen from me, so perhaps mm -hmm. I could use another. Um, yeah, outlet. maybe you could go to TikTok then. 
no, it's, man. It's honestly overwhelming, like, when you go out. on there. <laughs> yeah, like, I was overwhelmed, like, the first, like, couple weeks I, like, got on TikTok. Like, I would go on for, like, a minute, and then I'd be like, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah but then yeah. yeah but then like the algorithm starts to pick up on uh the things you like and you're like oh no and then you start seeing more of the things you like <laughs> i love it you just oh no <laughs> oh no and then you're just on there for hours so. yes so okay so you have really just like been not you don't just focus on the clitoris but you, i mean you talk about a lot of other things but today oh, yeah. i really want to talk about the clitoris because it's not something that we really do talk about. And for some reason, like you were saying, there's not enough information about it. It's mm-hmm. good that all this stuff is being unsheathed as it were. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, why do you think that the truth about the clitoris has been hidden for so long? Mm. That's a great question. Yeah. It's, it's super interesting when you like, look into like the the history of the clitoris and um just like the fact that it's been discovered and rediscovered many times over history and it wasn't until like pretty recently like that like Helen O'Connell like kind of did her research on it and um I believe that was in 2005 I want to say yeah yeah Yeah, Um, I mean very recent it was very like yeah. yeah like in our in our lifetime sort of thing and it's like it like I don't know why I don't know why necessarily it's been like hidden but like I can kind of guess that like I mean not for great reasons (laughs) like obviously like the clit is like a a source of pleasure for a lot of um people who are women or people who then have female anatomy or however you want to say it. And um, I just think that like people, when it comes to like female pleasure or anything to do with that, like people are just uncomfortable with that. And, um, Mm -hmm. and just female sexuality has been just like denied for so long throughout history and at different parts of history. And it's it's just yeah for a lot of reasons but like I don't know what do you think yeah Yeah, well I'm I'm with you I think it's I think um pleasure is very scary and when someone can be in charge of their own pleasure Mm -hmm. where does that leave others right mostly men mostly Mm -hmm. patriarchy where what what is their function then if not to kind of lord over us and mm-hmm. our pleasure how we give and receive it although i don't think that our receipt of pleasure has been really valued right mm-hmm. so like yeah. when we discover our bodies and we discover our own pleasure suddenly we're empowered in a totally new way right mm-hmm. so just like you um i didn't know the clitoris was like all wishbone shaped and like had all these parts and, and, but knowing that empowered me. Cause I was like, right. Oh, well, okay. Then there was like new avenues to explore for pleasure or like things clicking like, Oh, well, yeah, well, that's why that feels good. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay. Like I get that. And just kind of knowing, I think, 
I think there was part, maybe there's part of me in the past who thought like, Oh, I don't want to know all about the anatomy because then that takes the sexy out of it, mm-hmm. but it's not true at all. It's no, yeah. quite the opposite. It's like, the more, you know, the more you, um, grow, right. It's the saying. No, yeah. It totally <laughs> the more is. you glow, let's say the that. Glow. Like, I love that. Yeah. The more, you know, the more you glow because you know, you know, the, the right buttons to push and you know what's happening and just to have that kind of autonomy, you know, is very sexy. Oh yeah, totally. I agree fully. Yeah. I feel like I've become like so much more empowered and like confident in my sexuality, the more I know about my own anatomy, which yeah, it does seem kind of silly. Like you're like, like when you make it, I don't know, but like, that's that's why I love like creating content about the clitoris and like doing different artwork about it and kind of making it fun or silly and inviting because it um it makes it less clinical I think too and like you're like no this is like a really cool part of my body that I should be celebrating and not being ashamed of or um anything like that and it's just yeah it's super cool it's super cool to just know more about the body what are what are some myths that you've busted during this time? During the clitoris time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um I just generally <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in my life. Yeah. Um Yeah, so I I've done like a, a few posts on like just like clitoris myths in general. Um I think one of them that's like I don't know if it's a myth or not, but like a, it's a it's a well known um, statement that like the clitoris has eight thousand nerves or nerve endings or whatever, um, and then people will make like memes about that and stuff like, um, which is like that was actually based on like a study of like cows, not humans, which I find fascinating, um, and that just kind of goes to show that like it's not that ma- it could still be true. We don't know, like, I don't, but also like. It just shows that we have not done enough research on the actual clitoris, like, in like currently or like, like I've looked at um, my brother's like medical textbooks because he's a he's a doctor and um, there's like pages and pages about like the internal structure of like the penis and like um, like what it looks like when it's like uh, like the inside of it and all the different structures of the penis and like all it's all this way more detail than like the actual clitoris like I think there's like a little paragraph about the clitoris or something which is just fascinating so anyways that that was kind of a tangent but um so there's a myth so that myth I think it just it's I think it's cool that like the we know the clitoris probably does have lots of nerves and like lots of sensations because like obviously we know that because like (laughs) we've um yeah but um but there still needs to be a ton of research done on it and more exposure and especially in like medical textbooks. And there's lots of people on Instagram doing that work too. Um, Mm -hmm. And the clitoris, you know, we always told that it's just there purely for pleasure, but I think it serves a purpose as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So what's the, what's the function of the clitoris? Yeah. So I, yeah, that's another kind of myth that I see a lot of the time is like 
the clitoris is the only organ of the human body that is solely for pleasure and um which is like a it's like a beautiful thought and like but also like I find it personally more empowering to kind of know that or think about it in the way that like not that like sex has to be about reproduction which (laughs) obviously we know it doesn't um because sex you can have sex for so many reasons um but the clitoris there have been like certain studies that show like the clitoris does help with like conception or like um it like the way it like spasms and like things like that like it actually helps like conceive a baby if that's what you're going for so but that's not also like that important um but I think that it shows that like if we focus more on the clitoris like in general like it will like it will become more engorged just like a penis will like the more you arouse and stimulate a penis like the harder and more erect it gets and more pleasure sensations you'll like be likely to feel um so it's kind of like I think thinking of it as a as a pleasure center but also something that's like very vital to um who we are and like and it's also just like an important organ on its own like um and I think sometimes people will take it the wrong way when you say like it's just for pleasure then they're like people who don't think that women's pleasure or people with clitoris's pleasure is important they're just going to take that and be like well I don't I don't care about pleasure so I'm not going to pay attention to clitoris but so it's not it's almost like I think it's important to be like yeah well the clitoris is also important for other reasons and Mm -hmm. maybe that will help bring more attention to it and also maybe that will help get it into the textbooks if that's what we have to do if people see it as vital to reproduction then maybe we can get more exposure and research on it but also like I don't know what price that comes with right yeah and you were just talking about the cow's clitoris and so then I could just kind of made a connection like oh well like do cows have clitorises clitori um yeah because uh they're like that's their pleasure center like what (laughs) You know, like yeah. it must serve like a function, right? Right. And, right. Um, but there's not enough research on that, and there's so many people that like ag- agree and disagree about certain things about that. So it's, and I think all these disagreements are coming from the fact that we haven't been able, we, like, no one's done the actual research. Yeah. Well, let me tell you a quick thing. I I had a guest here on this podcast, uh, the author of Raising the Skirt, Catherine. Oh yeah. Page. Yeah. So she writes about hyenas and their clitoris and they give birth through their clitoris. I saw someone <laughs> post about that. That is such a mind-blowing yeah. fact. Oh my yes. goodness. So, you know, that is definitely a function. Oh my God. Oh yeah. So yeah. that, that in itself is really interesting. Yeah. Because, yeah. and I've heard, isn't it like really dangerous for them to give birth to? Yes. Like, yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah. But it's so fascinating. Yeah. I, yeah. I think looking, I think um, the account Clitterly the Best just did a post on like, uh, like uh, genitalia and animals or something like that. Oh, or, interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'd love to check that out. But. Yeah. I mean, it's really great that we know where the clit is and we're talking about yeah. the clit, but it's really important to know that you can't just like 
go at it. Like you can't just like start pressing the button and like, yeah. that's, I mean, for me, I'm a very sensitive person and I feel like throughout my cycle, it, it can be more sensitive or less sensitive, like depending on where I am in my cycle is something oh, that I'm sure. just noticing mm-hmm. now, um, at 41. Huh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm just figuring that out now. Like Mm-hmm. still not really like when you said that I'm like I should pay more attention to that you know yeah yeah I think this is something that really connected me to my cycle was just getting off birth control and oh, being like sure. oh you know because I got on birth control pretty quickly mm-hmm. um you know from like I think I was on it for almost 18 years so I didn't really know what my body wanted to naturally do um until six years ago or so, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, every month is like a new discovery. That's my, that's my discovery for this month. <laughs> <laughs> that's fun. Yeah. I, I have an IUD right now. And so like, I just, I feel like I'm really out of touch with like a lot of my body stuff, like, cause I just don't have a period and in general. So I don't, I don't know, but I still get like period symptoms. So it's interesting. Oh, really? Oh, like no. The, the, I don't know. I get like cramping sometimes. I don't know if that's just like, cause it's like, has like the hormones in it or whatever. Mm. I don't know enough about that. I know I should, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to ask you about your jealousy because I share this with you when I read this on your Instagram mm-hmm. that your jealousy towards other women kept you from loving them. Mm. And I feel that very hard. Tell me about that for yourself. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like growing up, I, I didn't know that I was queer, or like any of that. Like I just, I just assumed I was straight by default and, um, I just remember like growing up, like the people around me would always be comparing like girls in my class to each other or just like there was, it always seemed like there was so much competition among the women and the girls that were like in my life and in my, like my peer group. And I remember that like anytime I thought of, a woman was like really or a girl or anyone was like really beautiful for like because they were really smart or really kind or just like a beautiful person in general like I just remember twisting those feelings into like oh actually I hate this person and like I'm gonna talk shit about this person because they seem so perfect and like like I was jealous. I was like, I, I thought that like, I couldn't tell the difference between like, like how people have said wanting to be someone or like wanting to be with someone. Um, I just really conflated those feelings. And because I didn't think that queerness was an option. So I thought that like, anytime I, it, it's sort of, it's similar to a lot of emotions, like how, um, I do this with my anger whenever I feel really sad or if I'm grieving or going through 
something really difficult, I just get angry on the outside. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think it's kind of like human nature to just like, we it's twist a, it's these a things. coping. Yeah, when it's a coping um, thing. When you're feeling vulnerable to be angry. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was almost like a way I was coping with this, this natural queerness I had inside me. Like it was like a way for me to, um, distance myself and detach it and make it seem less real and I think that really was damaging and I think it it made me it made it really hard for me to have solid even like friendships with women a lot of times um and just like connections with other women and because I always felt like And I think it's something the patriarchy does is pit women against each other. And then, but women do it, like we get sucked into it. And so we do it to each other. And it's just a cycle of like, and now that I've, I've kind of realized that, like I've had amazing relationships and connections with women that I've never thought I was capable of. And I... I think a lot of it also went into like my ability to be intimate with my friends and how I was uncomfortable with that because I always associated intimacy with sexuality Mm -hmm. or being sexual. Um, And I know that's kind of different, but like I, it's, it's in a similar vein that like we just, as humans, a lot of times, like I feel like we just are lacking that connection and, those opportunities for connection, you know, because we're, we're afraid of vulnerability, like you said, and it's just, it's hard, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I definitely experienced that. Um, that didn't really start to heal for me until I became comfortable, truly comfortable in my body and Mm -hmm. in my sexuality and in loving my vulva. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that was it. I feel like because I hated my vulva, I hated all the other vulvas and everything that surrounded the vulva. Like I just, yep. I did not like, I preferred being around men. Like I didn't really have a lot of mm-hmm. girlfriends. Um, yeah. So that definitely like affected, or I, I, I did at one point because I also taught burlesque. So then I was suddenly surrounded by a ton of women Mm -hmm. all the time. Um, But I was like really careful about who I let into my space, you know? Um, But I would, I can still think back and see interactions were like tinged with this kind of jealousy or feeling threatened or, you know, stuff like that. It really didn't like release for me until probably four years ago, to be Mm -hmm. honest, where I, when I like finally came to grips with, with myself and my Mm -hmm. body and like, and admitted what I, you know, the feelings that I had and people I was attracted to and like, you know, yeah, that really opened things up for me. Yeah. Absolutely. And what you said about like loving your vulva, that absolutely is so true. And how we're kind of taught 
to like not love our vulvas and so that definitely it's goes ugly, into it's dirty it's yeah smelly. like I can remember these things from my mom you know yeah, and absolutely. then you know you want to like blame your mom but like you but can't like, really because yeah. it's how then my mom I bring it up to my mom my mom's like well my grandma or, or like my mom like you know it's like yeah it just like keep the shame just keeps being passed down generation right. to generation and so you know it's great that we're stopping that here right you now and, mm-hmm. and building a whole new generation that's much more comfortable with their their bodies and their sexuality i mean there's other issues going on for them <laughs> than, mm-hmm. um but yeah i think it's 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 such important work and i think the thing that surprises me that keeps surprising me is that as much as i see this information you know i i'm like surrounded by sex and sexuality and eroticism, uh, all the time, all day, Mm -hmm. every day. And so I forget that people aren't (laughs) like that people still need this information and people still need this healing. And I, I have to like, remember, oh yeah, yeah, this is, this is who I'm doing it for, Mm -hmm. you know, to reach those people that don't have like naked people around them all the time exactly. yeah. yeah and sometimes you have to like start in different places depending on like that person's experiences or like their where they're at with their own sexuality like it's so I think that's like beautiful about the work that we do is you know like we're just we're we can meet people where they're at and um yeah because sexuality is so complicated and like mm-hmm. I <laughs> Every day, I, yeah, I get more sucked into the world and I'm like, oh, and then I, I get surprised when I'll see a comment about or someone asking a question about something that seems so like trivial to me or something or like something that like I feel like everyone should know. And I'm like, no, that's such a silly thought for me to have. Like why there's no bad questions and like, like if you have a question about your body or just like. I'm trying to think of a specific example of something I get a lot, but like, like a lot of people will ask me like, is masturbation bad for you or like things like that. And I think a lot of that comes from just like the myths people hear. And, um, but yeah, I, I think it's so important the work that we do because I don't know, sometimes I, when we're on Instagram, yeah. And like, you just follow certain accounts that like all talk about sex. Like it, it seems like, this is just like common information, but um, there's still such a need for it in so many places. Yeah. I think there yeah. always will be probably. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it's time being it's, it's at one at once sad, but also like encouraging that, you know, yeah. we will continue to have jobs and messages and we can continue to meet people where they're at and, change and focus and move with, you know, the knowledge that people are being exposed to. Mm -hmm. And then that forces us to dig deeper and learn more and Mm -hmm. continue on. Right. Yeah. And that, that's so true about what you said too, about like it being sad too. Cause it's like, it's kind of like my therapist told me, like, he's like, ideally I don't want a job. Like I want everyone to not need mental health therapy, but like, I mean that's just the state of the world we live in and like um yeah like ideally I wouldn't want to like have my job either like 
and I've just been thinking about that a lot. Like there's no really such thing as a dream job. Like that's kind of a, something we've been taught for a long time and this capitalistic world we live in or not world, but society, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I have, I've started thinking about it as fulfilling. What is for sure? What's that fulfilling? I can do that's fulfilling because the dream there's a comic and I can't remember who said it, but like the, she's like, the thing about living your dream is that you're awake the whole damn time. <laughs> and it's like, fuck. Yeah. Like it's, it's really hard, right. To, yeah. to pursue passion, but For sure. um, yeah, the thing, the word that's been in my head the past few weeks has been fulfillment. Like what's like going to fulfill me and make me feel like alive and like, yeah. uh, you know, on fire and, um, and th- there's so many things. There's so, there's many, so many things, things that yeah. I love and I'm passionate about. And I think that's the challenge for a, a person who's passionate is to focus, focus the fire. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. That resonates with me so much. Like I wish I could just every day, just wake up and be like, okay, what do I feel like doing today? What am I passionate about in this moment? And just do it. And like, I wish I could just get like paid for that. That'd be sick. But like, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't work like that. <laughs> Yeah. so it's like you know I like we have to participate in some ways like we have to like so I think it's so cool that like I am like both of us are so passionate about what we do and um we have like this fire in us yet we still know that it's important to place value on the work we do because like it's it's we've done a lot of work to get to this point where we're able to like help other people even so mm-hmm. and I often forget that I have the worst imposter syndrome ever Sometimes it gets in the way. Okay. So here's my thought about imposter syndrome. Oh, I'd love to hear it. It's kind of, it's like a little tangent to this podcast, but (laughs) something that has been on my mind Yeah, and something that I kind of like flipped a switch for me over Thanksgiving, um, you know, cause family. Right. Uh, so I was thinking, you know, how I talk to you and how I talk to my students or, you know, if I'm doing interviews or whatever, like whatever it is, I believe, and I'm passionate about like this kind of healing. Um, I can't talk about it with my family. I can't heal my family. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that drives me, but I think it's something that also, um, might be the undercurrent of the imposter syndrome, Mm. you know, because I can't have these conversations in a real like meaningful way Mm -hmm. with the people, their family. I'm going to say like, you know, the people I'm close to, but the people I've known the longest. Right. Um, so yeah, I think that like for me, I think that's, that's like kind of where the undercurrent of feeling like a fraud might come from. Hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. I've never heard, I've never really heard it like framed like that. Me neither. It's just something I thought yeah. of like recently and I'm kind of playing around with like, is totally. that, I feel like that resonates with me. Yeah. So I just wonder if like, maybe that resonates with other people too. I, I totally feel that. I think, I mean, yeah, like I love my family and the people around me and the people I surround myself with, but like, I don't know, like they also have like expectations of me and and that just comes with, I think, oh, sorry, my dog's barking again. It comes with just like relationships and like, um, 
I think that I sometimes just like internalize those expectations and I make them, I kind of blow them up out of proportion. And I feel like if I let people down or don't live up to a task or not doing the best or not being productive every day or something like I'm just I'm failing at something or, and I think, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to give you my mantra for 2022. Please. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I haven't revealed this yet. Oh. <laughs> You're the first one who's hearing it. Oh my gosh. Um, live free. That's, that's my mantra. Live free, live free of judgment, live mm-hmm. free of fear. Do what it is that will fulfill you. I love that. That's it. So every year I try to have a theme and this year's theme was pleasure. Mm-hmm. And next year's theme is live free. That's, that's beautiful. That's I right. might have to, I might have to take that from you too. And take it. I want people to take spread it, it around. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I want to tell yeah. the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I will take my own advice too. Um, (laughs) (laughs) no, we can hold each other accountable for be like, Hey, are you living free this year? Yeah, baby. (laughs) Um, okay. So final question, what does confidence mean to you? I love that question. Um, cause I feel like confidence, it used to be this thing that I thought like when I was in high school, I thought that like confidence was like something all the cool people had, like it was just like inherent to them. Like they were just born confident and it was like this thing you could possess or, um, and like you just had it because you were just like gifted with it or something. Um, and I think over time, my views have really changed about that. And I think I kind of define confidence more in like in almost like an abstract sort of way and like um like I can I can find confidence in certain things in my life or like I can feel I don't have to feel like I can feel confident in different parts of my day but I don't have to be I don't have to wake up and be like I am confident today and like I think of it sort of like that like that toxic positivity or like um, anything that I don't think confidence is something that you can just like, I don't know. Now I'm thinking more about it, but like um, it ebbs and flows. Like it, uh, yeah, it totally yeah. ebbs and flows. And it's like, not like, you know, when you think about self-love that like you just love yeah. yourself all day every day like yeah like no. that's not helpful <laughs> to people because it's not realistic it's so. not real just because you like you don't I mean yes you can love yourself all day every day however yeah. just like as you would love someone else that is not you you mm-hmm. can be mad at them you mm-hmm. can be sad yeah. whatever like totally. but you would still have an this under pinning of love right yeah so I feel you know confidence kind of ebbs and flows like that ebbs and flows and I but I also feel like it's something that I've gotten better at like I feel like there's I'm confident more frequent more frequently than I have been in the past and Mm -hmm. I can count more times in a day that I feel confident than I used to and I think that has to do with a lot of the work I've done in like 
just in therapy and like on my own time when I'm just thinking about like just reflecting I'm a very reflective person and it's not always sometimes it's kind of like what leads to me being really sad and like and that's not when I feel confident but at the same time like I used to be so socially anxious and like I was so scared of people and like I I remember I would just like throw up in the bathroom every time I'd have to give a presentation and like just things like that and um and so I think my confidence just like from that standpoint of just like being a human and like actually interacting with the world and like being confident in the words that I say and not constantly like I used to say something out loud and then I would spend the next hour or so just kind of like thinking about what I had said and breaking it down and being so hard on myself and be like oh I could have said it better I could have said it this way instead and so I think it's it's about confidence also has to do with like being kind to yourself and being easier on yourself and um and just giving yourself a little bit of grace and realizing that like there's so much nuance to life and like you can say something out loud and be confident in it and someone can tell you that thing doesn't like isn't true or like that that's they see it differently or something and then your confidence gets like plummeted but like I don't know that's kind of the risk you have to take in life and that's what I realized like like, it's kind of like anything like the more you do something like the better you get at it and like I something like this would have been so terrifying for me like a few years ago just like talking to another human like on the internet but like I don't know I've gotten more confident with it so yeah 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 yeah. same definitely practice definitely helps but also like you're saying extending grace to yourself Mm -hmm. um and also extending it to others. Right. And I think, I think that we have very, very, very high standards and expectations for everybody to say the exact right thing at the exact right time. Um, especially if we have a platform or we have a voice or we have, you know, a persona, right. Like people Mm -hmm. expect this otherworldly level of perfection from, you know, people like that. So, um, there's human behind, there's humans behind the posts, you know, Absolutely. that's the yeah. thing. I know it's, uh, it's unless hard. it's a bot, but most of the time, yeah. <laughs> most of the time it's humans. Um, so Sydney, tell us where we can follow you, what you have coming up, what's going on, all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. So you can um, follow me on Instagram or Facebook at um, Clitoricious. It's just the clitoris and then just, or I guess you could just think about it as for delicious yeah. um, clitoris <laughs> instead, uh, whatever works for you. Um, you can also go to my website. It's just uh, clitoris.com. Um, I started a Patreon recently. So you can, if you go to my Instagram, there's just like a link in my bio that has literally all of my links to like ways you can support me and all of that. So I just kind of put it all in one place. Cause I know that it gets confusing and it's just easier to have have things there um but yeah if you want to follow me and just maybe learn something about your body or um just engage with my content I love to ask my audience just questions and like their input because I feel like that's how I learn the most Mm -hmm. um 
So I love, I love interacting with people and getting people's input. So come join me. And I have a, I have a group chat on discord. So if you're on discord, you can um, do that. And we just have fun chats and we talk about queerness, uh, polyamory and um, we're just support each other there. So yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. That's all I got. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining me today and closing out season two of look down there. Yeah, this is awesome. Yes. And now everyone, it's time for you to spread your legs and spread the love. Follow us, like us, share, subscribe, follow at Clitoricious, or you can follow me at Michelle Amore or at I look down there. It's like, what is it again? <laughs> um, and remember that confidence comes from the bottom up. So grab a mirror and look down there. Happy Clipmas, everybody. Happy Clipmas. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. <laughs>